Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, so that makes you a member of our dedicated community of small firm architects. Come join us on Facebook. I think you're going to love this, the Entree Architect community. It's our free private Facebook group. If you are an architect, request free membership right now at entrearchitect.com slash group. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 214. Welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, you're in the process of launching a startup, or you may be an experienced small firm architect just like me, just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. So much of the success experienced by thriving small firms can be found in their process. The process of of how they are delivering the services they provide for their clients. How best can we manage client expectations? How can we make things happen in an efficient way? How can we make the, the process of developing and building their project, how can we make that process enjoyable and fun? Well, this week at Entree Architect Podcast, building an architecture firm around a delightful client journey with architect Anthony Laney. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and much more at RCAT.com, and FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work that you love. Anthony Laney, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. You know, long time we've been bumping into each other online. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. I know you're a longtime listener. I know that you uh, are have a longtime part of the community, the Entree Architect community. So it's really cool to have you here uh, on the show here. Thanks again. Uh, it's fun to connect. Um, I've been 
a fan of the show and uh, it's been fun to interact online. So it's, it's cool to now uh, be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Let me introduce you to anybody who doesn't know who you are. Uh, Anthony Laney is an architect and designer who is devoted to bringing out the best in creative teams. He's a co-founder and partner at Laney LA, an architecture firm focusing on serving home and business owners in Los Angeles, California and the surrounding region. Uh, he began his career with the renowned design build firm Marmol Radziner. Is that pronounced properly? Rad, Rad, yeah, Radziner. Yeah. Um, working for clients as distinguished as Tom Ford and Tato Ando. Uh, graduating at the top of his class from the USC School of Architecture, he won 17 class commendations and received numerous recognitions, including the AIA Medal and the Studio Design Award. Anthony is a multidisciplinary designer who works whose work encompasses architecture, interior design, landscape design, graphic design, branding, social leadership, does it all. And if you follow him <laughs> online, he's very, very active on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so reach out to him there. You can check him out um, at uh, Laney LA Inc., uh, both on Twitter and Instagram very uh, consistent feed, very high quality feed. So I definitely recommend that you go check him out there, but you'll also learn about what he's doing. Uh, and, uh, and what I really love what he's doing is, is he's building a culture of a young startup. Um, and he's sharing that culture with the rest of us. So it's, it's fun to watch him grow. Um, so Anthony, I shared a little bit about you. I want you to, to get into your origin story. Tell us what we don't know. Go back to where you discovered architecture, what inspired you to become an architect, and give us that story to uh, to where you find yourself today. Okay, sounds good. Um, uh, for me, it started with just picking a major, graduating high school. I was homeschooled and uh, decided to try out architecture. My, my mom had more of an artistic background and my dad had more of the engineering background. And um, I think the significant part to my story was architecture school was extremely intimidating um, but I did meet my future wife there. And so, uh, together, uh, we started, uh, yes, big <laughs> bonus, uh, worth the investment for sure. So what started as, um, a friendship, uh, turned into a much more serious relationship. And so, um, after, uh, graduating and getting married to Krista, uh, my wife, uh, we both worked for several firms, uh, that we still have tremendous amounts of respect for. Um, but after getting licensed, uh, we decided it was time to uh, launch our own studio. And so it started as a husband-wife team in our garage, converted to a studio, and that was in 2014. And uh, since then, we've slowly grown, about adding about one uh, team member per quarter, more or less. Um, we're up to a team of 11 now, and we've we've outgrown that small garage studio. Um, we've experimented with a whole bunch of design services. Um, but we've discovered that I think our, our greatest passion is, um, is high-end custom homes in the beach cities just south of L.A. That's in Manhattan Beach and Hermosa Beach. We call it the South Bay. Um, but as we were discovering that niche, uh, we experimented with everything from graphic design, landscape design. We even launched a few um, iPhone apps. Um, and so we just we love creative process. So we love working as a team. Um, but we've, I think we've found our stride doing, uh, very special homes for special clients. And that's what keeps us, keeps us busy. How did, how did you find that market and wh what, what sort of led you to that? Cause you've done everything. You've done landscape <clears throat> architecture, interiors, mm -hmm. architecture, graphic mm -hmm. design, you know, multidisciplinary, what sort of, and you've done it for both commercial and residential. What right. was it about, you know, custom, well, sort of a dumb question coming from an architect. <laughs> what, what, what is it about custom beach homes that's attractive? You know, so, but, but why did you pick that? Yeah. So, uh, it, I think it was, it's that classic Venn diagram of discovering that it's something that we're passionate about, something that we're good at and something that can pay the bills. Right. And yep. so, um, uh, we found that whether it was a, a full ground up house, whether it was a renovation or whether it was actually a a very small portion of design on a bigger team that these discerning clients wanted a very high touch, uh, high quality of service experience. And so I often will tell our prospective clients, A, we're not for everyone. Uh, I think when you hire an architect, there's the expectation that you want an outstanding final result. 
And I think that that should be a given. That should be the expectation. Yep, I agree. And you hire us, and I know I borrowed this from some of the things that you inspired me uh, with, Mark, is that uh, a client will hire us because they want to enjoy a passionate process, that they want that two-year process to be something that they wish they could do all over again, that it leaves a mark of joy instead of a wake of headaches, right? Yeah, exactly. So that process very seriously. Um, we, we like to find lots of little ways to make it absolutely delightful along the way. And so we're going to be a good fit for clients who want to go on that adventure with us. Of course, at the end of the day, they need to move into a brilliant and very functional, beautiful home. Um, but we try to distinguish ourselves by making that, that journey, that conversation, something absolutely delightful. Uh, and believe it or not, the industry doesn't quite have that reputation, right? right. And so that gap is something we can exploit to serve our clients. What what are some of the things that you're doing to delight your firm? Yeah, you know, to delight your clients. Yeah, oh, talk talk so, about the process. What is the process? Yeah. And along the way, what are you doing that's different? That's that's differentiating you from other firms. Okay, I, I think um, I, I again I know I have a lot to learn from from all sorts of other firms who are way ahead of us. I think uh, part of it is just the basics, uh, being extremely clear and consistent with how we communicate with our clients. Um, we, we make it very easy for them to share with their friends the journey that they're on. So it can be as simple as we have a very high bar for the graphics that our, our, um, team publishes. And so we want every piece of design product that we give to our client, even in the early stages to be pretty enough for them to boast about it. When we print it, we will sometimes frame it and we'll give, uh, binders to our clients and we'll make sure that the images we send them uh, will fit very well on social media. Uh, a couple other fun things is when they come to our studio, we treat them as guests. And so there's food on the table and there's giant projection walls with their name on it. And we, we just want to make them smile from the first time that they walk in the door. Um, we are radical email ninjas. And so when they leave, we follow up very consistently with what we talked about. We have uh, meeting agendas. And those are all basic things that I just, I think we've stumbled on by simply asking the question, if we were a client, how would we want to be treated? And is there any way we can go above and beyond that? Yeah. And, and you're, you're focusing on that process that you're intentionally mm -hmm. designing the, the path that, that your clients are, are going to be taken through this journey. That's right. And so I think about um, the lessons you've taught me on, say, the sales cycle, right? And there's that light bulb moment that goes off when you think we deploy so much creativity into the design of a, of a floor plan and an elevation and a 3D model. Why not step back and deploy some creativity into the process itself, right? So we'll actually have brainstorm sessions on how, what else can we do for our clients. Um, one of my favorite things about this journey is we have an internal lecture series that every Monday uh, we, we give uh, a full presentation just to our studio and we rotate the present the who's presenting and often the topics are on service and how to surprise and delight and where what we see as being uh, points of inspiration that we see other folks are doing and so it's an ongoing topic really um, hopefully we're getting better at it yeah I, I love you know again you, you share all of this on on Instagram so I yeah. see that yeah. very that high level of design in everything that you do you share all of that on your Instagram feed, uh, which I love that you're sharing it with the community. Um, and I, and I love that you're taking your clients through this journey, but, but I also see the culture that you're building. I see that like you're talking about this, this, um, this internal lecture series where you're presenting to one another and teaching one another about how you can improve the process that you're going through. I, what are, what are some of the things that you're doing? Cause you're, you, you've grown this firm from two to 11 in three or four years. Um, so a lot of, you know, high growth very quickly and you can see that you're having fun. You see it on, your, fun, on yeah. your Instagram feed <laughs> and your Twitter feed. You see that there's a good positive culture that you like one another and that fun is a major part of what you're doing. Um, and so talk about that culture a little bit. Talk about how you grew it from two. Was it intentional or is it just because of that's, that's who you and Krista are, uh, or, or did you document this is the culture that we wanted, and so we're we're hiring the right people, we're we're hiring, you know, doing the right things. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I I we we didn't have a, a master plan in terms of a rate of hiring, and and sometimes we will receive the comment like, oh, you're growing fast, and it doesn't it doesn't feel fast to us simply because 
we're, we're just always interviewing and that does feel like a very lengthy process. And so I think uh, most small companies will admit that their greatest asset walks out the door every day, right? That, that our designers, our staff, our team members, they're the ones who make us who we are. And so um, I don't, I think we, we recognize that and therefore try to behave accordingly. Um, in terms of building culture, um, I, I think that my wife and I possess a certain, um, certain series of values that we try to reflect in the way that we treat our clients and, and the, the way that we approach our work, but most often in the way that we treat our uh, team members. And so our goal is to really create a runway for designers who uh, have very distinct aspirations to launch their own practice. There's, there's no secret around here that, that th this is a team of rock stars who are, they're going places. And so we're not trying to put a lid on that talent. Yep, we're not that. trying to look for folks who will just plug in and, and um, kind of work away. But these are folks who I expect there's going to be lots of young firms launching out of this firm. And so we use the term runway. And I think that attracts a certain caliber of individual who, um, who is passionate about creativity and passionate about growing something. Uh, and if we can help one another in this short season together, I would consider that a win-win. That does require that we're always interviewing. Uh, I enjoy that process. Um, and so I think there's a symbiotic relationship between uh, communicating uh, our culture to the world through our social media feeds. Uh, hopefully that attracts good people our way, having a very long interview process in terms of trying to connect with the right people. We, we subscribe to the Patrick Lencioni hungry, humble, smart mantra where it's, it's really, we just want to hire passion. We have a very good process. I can teach you our process, but I cannot make somebody hungry or ambitious. So you have to bring that to the table as a candidate. Uh, so we focus on those things and it's been fun to see that grow. Once you have a core of folks who are hungry, humble, smart, um, that that becomes a platform for vetting the next you know candidate. I, um, I think that is so smart to build a team of people who are passionate and talented and you are expecting and the expectation is that they're not there for life, that they're right. there for a season, um, that you all work with one another. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, RCAT, and FreshBooks. For years, when I needed information on manufacturers' products, I headed straight to the internet, straight to google.com. And then I sifted through the hundreds of results, maybe thousands of results, to find the one or two that might be the link that I'm looking for. And more often than not, it wasn't. It wasn't what I was looking for, or it was outdated, or it didn't meet my requirements. So what do I do? I go back to the search engine and I start all over again. And this could take all afternoon to find the one or two or three products that I'm looking for. Does this sound familiar? Do you do this? There is a better way. Our friends at RCAT. RCAT.com, A-R-C-A-T. Find what you're looking for in seconds. Building product information, BIM, CAD, custom specifications using their exclusive tool, SpecWizard, and keep it all online right there in one place using their cloud-based project organization tool, Charette. Here's an idea. Make RCAT a part of your efficient project workflow. Use it on every project. Just type in entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. Type that into your internet browser and add it to your favorites. And then on every project, use RCAT. Just click that link. You'll go straight to RCAT and you'll find everything that you're looking for in seconds. Find what you need fast and make more money on every project. EntreeArchitect.com slash RCAT. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And getting started with FreshBooks, this is so ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial. It's a click of a button. The same goes for tracking time, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's simple, fast, 
easy, life-changing. And if you need help at any time, free award-winning customer service is a phone call or an email away. I've used it, it works. And if you ever have second thoughts, don't worry. On top of their free trial for Entree Architect listeners, you get a free 30-day money-back guarantee so you don't ever have to worry about choosing fresh books. So give it a try. It's free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks to access your free unlimited 30-day trial. So our cat and fresh books, please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. And is are you are you actively teaching them to uh, what you're doing? I mean, when are you transparent in the business end of things? Are they learning from you? Uh, you know, in a holistic way. Uh, great question. That the topic of transparency has always been on my mind, and and it might be because of uh, you know coming a little bit more from the millennial generation. I I've always admired that, and so while we don't have a fully open mm-hmm. book uh, firm, every year we've set specific goals to move closer to that. And so, just as a couple examples, um, our four project managers have full access to all the contracts and. Um, all of the profitability reports uh, in their in their studio, and so that's something that I would consider empowering. Uh, one of the purpose of the internal lecture series, the team talks, was to give uh, like every day I'm forced to present to clients, and so I, I kind of have to just um, I have to be on that stage. But for a project manager or a designer, it gives them the opportunity to rehearse uh, being on that stage and getting critical feedback. And so the goal is to really create this little incubator of leader makers. Um, and again, that that attracts a certain type of individual. Not yeah. everybody likes to be pushed that hard all the time on all fronts. Um, we're a big fan of, of um, strength finder profile. So yeah. we really like the DISC profile, D-I-S-C. And so, you know, if you come to our studio, before you're even hired, you're going to have, you're going to be looking in the mirror in terms of what personality type you are. We're going to be speaking very directly about what your strengths and weaknesses are, what your personal goals are, personal mission statement, all of that. That's not for everyone. So some folks just, they're, they're not wired that way, but we like attracting uh, kind of the thoroughbreds who uh, like designing, like being in front of clients, like being challenged in all areas to be exceptional presenters. Uh, and so that's kind of built somewhat of an identity and a culture around who we are. Are you are you hiring using the the strengths finder and the disc disc uh, profiles? Are you hiring people that have similar profiles, or are you sp- strategically finding complementary profiles that's sort of rounding out your team? Uh, it would be the latter. Uh, we 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 pay close attention to having a diverse team, and we would never disqualify a strong candidate based upon their test results. Mm-hmm. But I find that. Knowing that somebody is um, a people-oriented versus a task-oriented person, of course we have to do, we all have to do both, but knowing where they fall in terms of their natural voice and their natural strength is going to help me place them on the right seat on the bus. And so if, if somebody is going to be interacting with husbands and wives, uh, designing them a home, you ha- I think you have to have a passion for service and conversation it's going to get really intimate and it's just going yep. to be lots of conversations. And so if you're only a detail-oriented person who prefers uh, not to put yourself out there, you're going to be stretched. And I'd rather have that conversation in the interview rather than uh, after the interview. I, I love the, uh, and you even used the word incubator, that you're sort of building a, 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 the business model is sort of like an incubator where you know people are coming in and you know they're going to, to grow and they're going to eventually blossom and start their own thing. It, talk about uh, talk about the model that you use, the the actual project management, the delivery process that you go sure. through for, at Laney. Is it uh, talk about that? How how are you using the people that you have to serve your clients? Uh, so we um, we will pair a we're we're flat in the sense that I don't do napkin sketches and hand those mm-hmm. to a production staff. 
when a client comes to us, um, while I will likely be in every project meeting, um, we're, we're, um, this isn't, isn't going to be a shock even to our clients. Um, our project managers are the project designer. And so um, that's where the daily decisions happen. And, and so um, those are folks who are, they kind of have it all. They're very good at BIM technology. We use ARCHICAD. Uh, they're, they're in that every day, all day long. They're very good at design and they're very good at project management, right? They know how to run a schedule. They know how to manage a budget. And so my job is much more of a coach. And so I, I realize that that is not, that might not, that's not the only way to run a practice. There's plenty solo uh, practitioners out there who they, they are the genius and they do all the design. Um, I, I'm familiar with the way that you and your wife complement each other in that role. Uh, but for us, the design is not at the principal level. It's down at the project manager level. Interesting. And, yep. and so that, that's, uh, that has enabled us to, I think, build a certain type of team. In terms of how we, do, you know, uh, what our process is, we use a lot of small apps that either track time or uh, help us delegate tasks, um, help us take very detailed uh, agenda notes. And so, you know, it's, it's, we don't have a centralized uh, database. I, I, I'm familiar that other firms do, but we kind of add up about eight different software packages uh, that either track sales and, and that funnel or uh, project delivery. And we just use technology. Um, our, our main platform is ARCHICAD though. We, from day one of design all the way through construction administration and, and publishing bulletins, uh, everything is modeled in 3D. And I think that's given us an advantage. We, we launched day one with that. So we haven't had to go through the more painful transition that other firms have gone from when they decide to kind of move into BIM. I know that can be a more difficult transition. Um, we've been investing in it since day one, and we're finally starting to see the payoffs of that. Are you, are you hiring people who are already um, using ARCHICAD? Never. So nope. you're teaching them nope. internally. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I just yep. I, I hear that I actually I know so I know Revit. I love Revit. Uh, uh, the biggest complaint I hear about Archicad is uh, you know grad, young young designers don't leave architecture school knowing it. Uh, that's just flat not a requirement to join our studio. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's probably better that way because then you you can teach them your way. I, I just figure. It's. I know what it takes. It's not easy, but I know what it takes to teach someone Archicad. I haven't figured out what it takes to teach someone passion, attitude, right. ambition. Yep. I, I just yep. can't do that. What are some uh, some? Because I know listeners are saying, "Well, ask him about the apps that he's using." What are some oh, of the yeah. What are some of the tools okay. that you're using other than so, Archicad? Um, maybe I got these from you. I'm not sure, but um, we use Harvest for time tracking. I yep. think it's a brilliant and invoicing. We use Insightly for our uh, tracking opportunities, our sales uh, funnel. Yep. I love Insightly. It's uh, very inexpensive. We use Har um Very inexpensive, sorry. you said, right? Inexpensive, yeah. Inexpensive, yeah. Yep. They're all inexpensive. We use Evernote for our, um, basically our digital sketchbook note-taking. Uh, we use Dropbox for all of our um, file uh, organization. We use Amazon Web Services to host our BIM um our BIM cloud. And so our designers can sign in from any part of the world and into our, into our 3d model. Same with our engineers. Um, and we use, I think there might be one more in there. I think I'll have to come back to it. We use QuickBooks. Maybe that's the last one. What, how about you? And, and all of those are cloud-based, right? So they yep. can, so they can access all of those apps from anywhere in the world. You, you mentioned anywhere. That. Yeah. Is your firm sort of structured that way as well? Do you have like specific hours of work and, and flex time? Do you have any, what are some of those benefits that you, that yeah. you offer? So when we launched, um, we, we were very much a virtual studio. We, we had a handful of team members who would work primarily from home. Uh, as we grew, we had a couple uh, international team members who would uh, only collaborate remotely. And so we have the infrastructure to do that. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a top-down intentional decision, but we've been moving a bit more toward um, having everyone 80% of the time together. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I think there's, there's, there's a residual benefit. I know everyone has their opinion on this, but uh, especially as a young team, it's good to be together. There, there's, um, when we hire someone new, there's quite a – they just ask a ton of questions, and, and appropriately so. Now, we have a, a, a young, new – 
a staff member who joined the team and then uh, just had a baby. And so he's working from home and and it's nice to have the technology to make that happen. But it's probably there's probably like an 80, 20 uh, ratio in terms of, you know, working in physical proximity to our coworkers uh, versus collaborating remotely. But it's good to have that option. I think yep. have the infrastructure already set up. Yeah, and I think that's where the future of small firms is going. I think that there there will be pure remote teams and there will be teams that are, you know, always brick and mortar based. But I think this combination of the two, the flexibility of having a place where you can meet clients, um, build the culture. You can't build the culture that you're building virtually. Um, at least you can't now. You maybe in the future will be able to with some of the technology, although it still won't be the same. Um, but to have that flexibility of being able to work remotely when you want to, when you have to, um, I think it's important. But you're, you know, a big piece of what you're doing is that culture, and um, it's it's hard to have a party and have fun, and you know, and hang out with people and yeah. do live lecture series, you know, face to face. You can't high five somebody, you know, virtually. It doesn't I, just I mean, doesn't give you the me, same it's feeling. Just, it's just the lunch hour, like that. That's just so valuable to be able to have everyone eat together every day uh, is something I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade off. Now, of course, when folks need to work remotely, uh, there's always good reason for that, uh, that, uh, that supersedes the value of a lunch, but uh, day in and day out, it's, it's fun to see folks face to face. Do you have like standard business hours where people every, they have to show up at a certain time and then they leave at a certain time? We do. We do. So um, we, we've called the theme of 2018 startup to grow up. And so we, we issued a um, studio handbook, we clarified our working hours, we clarified several of our policies, um, several feel generous and positive, and some of them, I'll admit, feel corporate for the first time. Yep. Uh, I just, I, I'm trying to be more consistent. I think I've been, uh, for the first four years, just kind of managing by exception. I don't think that's the best way to run a business, but it's like every request comes my way and I just say yes or no, right? And now we, we wrote it all down, and yes, so our working hours are 8 to 5, and um, uh, we have plenty of people who have come from literally world-class firms who would work twice as many hours in a week that they do now. Uh, so the, the hours are, are fairly gentle, uh, but it, we are moving toward consistency with the hours. Is that hard to do as a young startup full of young people, um, that maturity process to go from this sort of <laughs> – fly by the seat of your pants start up to realizing that you have to set some rules and some boundaries and, and put some standards in place. You know, I do, it, it didn't feel fun in, uh, to go through that process. But what I'm noticing is that every new team member we had after that, they, they just, they, it's easier for them. Yeah. They, they just have fewer, uh, unspoken questions. And so, uh, I think it, I'm glad we did it. I know next year I'll be even more glad we did it. Uh, and and we're still attempting to be generous and for our, our handbook to reflect our culture. Uh, we had to start somewhere. Yeah. I, and that's why I asked that because it is important. And it, and you'll find that it'll make your culture better because it'll be Hopefully, more yeah. it'll be more intentional. Um, yeah. And it and it will make your job, your job as leaders easier um, yeah. because you won't have to physically teach every single person who comes in what the culture is about, what the processes are. You can just hand them a book and say, here's how we do it. And then through the process of being part of the culture and the, the book to, to sort of refer to when they need to, it'll make every everything easier. Um, That's the goal. We're not there yet. Yeah, We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, th four years, right? So, yeah. you know, have you, have you hit your four year anniversary yet or is it still three and change? You said four, you know, uh, 2014, you're at 2018. Yeah. Um, we, you know what it's, I think it's coming up in like six days, our official S corp incorporation date. Um, so, so almost four thanks years Thanks for reminding me. We so might it'll be to... four years by this goes live. So yeah, there yep. you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, so, um, your role and Krista, it's Krista, right? Mm -hmm. Chris, mm -hmm. Your role and Krista's role what are your roles as, as, cause you're the yeah. only two partners, right? Everybody else are That's employees. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, actually two questions. One, what, what are the roles that you, you two have and are everybody, is everybody else an employee or are you working with some contractors? When we launched, uh, when we first started, uh, we, it was, we used the contractor designation. 
literally moving from part-time up to full-time. By now, everyone is W-2 full-time or part-time um, employee. So that's their, their designation. Um, w- my role has changed every year, as has Krista's. Yep. Um, in the beginning, uh, I was um, the designer and the draftsperson and the whole thing. And I enjoyed every part of that process. And so is she. She would have her projects, I would have mine. We've discovered, uh, and it's it's funny how it looks so clear to us now, but in the moment, <laughs> it, it didn't feel clear. Uh, I, I think, am more equipped to be outward facing, to deal with... Um, recruiting new work and uh, writing those contracts and, and handling the business and making the client presentations. Krista uh, is, she just prefers to do more of the behind the scenes design and, and work in teams and be a creative and, and not have to uh, pound the pavement in terms of sales. So that was our first distinction. Um, and as our team had grown, uh, we both let go of uh, BIM management, and now we have other team members who lead that. Um, and as our family has grown, we have three young boys. Uh, Krista's role has gone from uh, full time to part time, mm-hmm. and now it feels it's it's. Uh, she doesn't have regular hours. It's yep. uh, as a, as a as a mother, um, you know, life is very demanding, and I would say even unpredictable. And so her role is now moving more toward, um, I would call it like design review. Mm-hmm. Um, where she'll be in the studio on rare occasions, but she's always keeping track of what we produce. And I'm always bending her ear in terms of where I think we can head. Um, she's been more than integral in every major decision regarding you know, getting a brick and mortar storefront and focusing on certain types of projects over others. Um, and we're actually growing a, uh, an interiors division. And so she she has the mind for understanding how to do that well. And so she's, I would call her more like special forces. We just, we kind of put her where uh, we really need insight um, as opposed to consistent productivity. Uh, I would say my, my job is more of the team coach, making sure that the team feels cared for and provided for, and then uh, bringing in the new work. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits of having your own firm, right? Is that you have the flexibility to, to take on the roles that you want to both professionally yeah. and personally. Um, mm-hmm. Anne-Marie and I are in similar. Anne-Marie, my wife, is very similar uh, in, in the role that she's in charge of design, um, but also does you know, the majority of ch- childcare, although our kids are, are getting older now. Um, but, but also our firm allows me to be much more involved in their lives. And so uh, That's it's, amazing. it's one of the benefits of, of having your own firm is to be able to have that flexibility and she'll also find that, you know, being being um, in the role that she is at the firm and being in the role that she is with the family, that that's a season as well, that that mm-hmm. will that will grow and blossom. And then she'll find another uh, role and another time and another season. And so it's I love that part of small firms is that we can especially leaders of small firms that we can do that. Um, do you, so looking at your firm in terms of, a, of an, as an incubator, um, do you have a process for people to move up into leadership positions or do you, is your model always going to be, you know, Anthony and Krista as partners and it will always be this sort of horizontal firm that produces new firms? Right, right. Um, great question. I, I did come to the realization that um, if I look at any one of our um, longest staff members, the, the team members who have been with us the longest, that the best case for them, if they stay, is to be part of a growing firm. I, I think that, like, just I'm imagining a young designer coming on board. What would be true of us four years from now such that they would be so grateful that they were part of our team? And I think that having many hires after them is part of that equation. You know, they're going to get mentored um, by me and the older staff members, but but I think the perfect situation is they would start mentoring down as well. And so that's where I feel, I I know that there's liabilities to growth, but I think one of the major benefits of consistent growth is the exposure that it gives um, the middle staff members. Um, And and I feel like I've been, um, I don't want to be too polemical, but like firms don't always have a healthy midsection. Mm -hmm. There's, it's often the case that they're, They've got brilliant talent at the top, 
and they've got brilliant talent at the bottom, but what about that midsection? Why is that one so hard to do well? And so um, I think part of it is when a firm isn't growing, you can, unless you're going to become a partner, like where, where else do you go? And so I would love, uh, and um, I, you know, I would love that, that uh, looking down the road, um, that our firm continues to grow. I'm not at all opposed to uh, sharing partnership with other talented individuals. Um, I see that as a conversation that's probably going to need to be had if we want to go from 11 to 22 and 22 right. to 44. Exactly. And I, I just, it's not that I have ambitions to like take over a market. It's just that I think the best future for these young designers is that they're part of a train that is moving, that continues to move. And I'm sure that there's going to be roles and compromises along the way that are going to come with that. But uh, I've loved what it's done so far, the challenges that it's brought so far. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And so it's something that as you grow, you'll be you'll be forced to look at. You'll you'll yeah. you'll sort of need to build that structure into the firm of how these how these people are positioned organizationally, um, and how do they how do they continue to grow? Do they get to mm -hmm. a certain point and they either stay there or they start their own firm? Or is there some sort of process to become partners or part owner um, in, you know, in Laney, L.A.? Have you have you come across any firms or resources that that an individual like me might capitalize on in order to attempt to do that well? Uh, I would look at um, um, Placemaker in Boston. OK, Declan cool. Keith. Uh, Declan Keith and his firm, Placemaker, they, they're an uh, employee-owned firm. Cool. That they've built a, a structure where you get to a certain point and you can become you become an owner. And uh, they have it. There's a, I think we have two episodes in the podcast, and I'll put them in the show notes as well um, for Declan's episodes. He's a design builder in Boston, really an interesting guy. I'm happy Perfect. to introduce you, you to him if you want to talk to him about what he's doing. That would be even better. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that we're hoping to do actually is have him back to talk specifically about the, the way his firm is uh, structured with the employee owned. Very cool. Yeah. I would love to tune into that. Yeah. I could, I could see your firm being built that way, you know, with the way you you've established your culture early on, I could see, you know, rather than having sort of a hierarchy uh, of, of, you know, partners at the top all the way down, but having this employee owned firm, I could see your firm fitting into that structure well. Very cool. And, and will allow it to outgrow you, which ultimately, you know, is what you should be sort of building your firm to be, is to is to be around long after you. You know, that it just doesn't go away when you go away. So. Yeah, that yeah that, that seems like a, a hard future to imagine at the moment, the way we're set up. I feel fairly indispensable, but uh, that, that would be the goal. That's because you've something. been in business for four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the goal all right yeah. check back in yeah you're a young guy you have you'll you'll come around and realize that uh, eventually it's going to do you're going to have to figure out an exit strategy <laughs> right so, so yeah it's exciting it's exciting to watch your firm grow it's exciting to watch you grow as a leader um thanks for being here before we wrap up here i want to uh, to ask my one question that i ask everybody here what's one thing that a small firm architect can do to build a better business for tomorrow you know, um, I we've benefited so much from investing in platforms like House.com, H-O-U-Z-Z. And so, if there's a if there's a, a a smaller team that has any focus on residential, um, that's a platform that I I would recommend investing in. If you can post a few projects and uh, request a few of your clients to um, post reviews, you can quickly become ranked. And there is just so much traffic on sites like that. Um, and so we will regularly get uh, opportunities. And so I, that would just be my tip is to explore investing in a, in a platform like House in order to grow your business for tomorrow. Yeah, that's a great, great suggestion. Are you one of the questions that I often get about House is, uh, is the paid um, pro version worth the money? Are you are you paying on house or is uh, I do so I pay for we have a, a fairly narrow uh, geographical market so yes I pay for that market but over the past four years we've actually had our organic ranking outperform the paid ranking mm -hmm. so in the beginning the paid ranking was where we were finding our results uh, after investing in it consistently now organically we're we are high ranked and so. 
um, I'll probably reconsider deploying those, um, you know, marketing dollars into another position. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, uh, I think how's you get what you put into it. You know, Absolutely. If you put a lot of effort into it, have really high quality images, uh, have, have your clients, you know, do, um, do reviews and make it a very active, um, uh, platform. It can really pay off well. Yeah, for sure. So your website, Laney.la is the website. It's a beautiful website. Very well Thanks. done. Um, so definitely check that out. It's L-A-N-E-Y dot L-A. Uh, it's not a dot com. So go to Laney.la. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's at uh, Laney L-A Inc. So Anthony, Laney, thank you very much for coming to join me here at Entree Architect Podcast and for sharing your knowledge here. Thanks, Mark. It was a delight to be here. Um, thanks for all that you've done for the architecture community. It's such a valuable resource, especially for uh, a young studio who wants to learn more about business and practice. It's been just such a great resource. So I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot to me. Thanks, Anthony. Okay. Thanks for listening. This is a this has been a great episode. I love talking to Anthony. I've I've been. Uh, communicating with Anthony on social media for years and it was great to have a conversation with him and learn what he's doing so inspiring to see what he's doing at Laney LA so I definitely recommend that you go check out his website go find him on social media and say hey thanks for sharing that information over at Entree Architect uh, podcast and this link this is the link that you want to share for this episode entrearchitect.com slash episode 214 you can link that you can tag me at Entree Architect. You can tag Anthony uh, on social media and let him know that you're sharing his episode here at Entree Architect Podcast. Please do that. That's the way we're growing. That's the way more architects are learning about what we're doing. Every week, our numbers go up and it's because you're sharing our episodes. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 214. Thank you very much. Hey, and go listen to my friends over at Arcaspeak and Inside the Firm, two great podcasts. I highly recommend them. They're on my listen list, my my uh, my podcast. What do you call it? What do you call it when you have a bunch of lists? It's my list, not my listening list, my, I don't know. Go check them out. Arcaspeakpodcast.com and insidethefirmpodcast.com if you want to go check out their websites. You can search them up on iTunes anywhere. I listen to them every week. I want you to go listen to them too. Hey, and you know, if you like what we're doing here at Entree Architect, you want to go hang out with the community, the Entree Architect community on Facebook. It is the most interactive, most positive, most supportive, most encouraging, probably the most positive place on the internet for small firms. It is a place of support and encouragement and where we're growing together. We're sharing our knowledge openly, honestly. It's in a private Facebook uh, group, so only architects can join us. If you want to join us, it's free, entrearchitect.com slash group. Request membership there. If you are an architect, we'll let you in uh, and you can be part of the conversation. It's awesome. You get you can post a question or support somebody or give them some knowledge. If you have a question, you can post your question. You'll probably get 30 to 40 to 50 responses, maybe more uh, of just pure, uh, unadulterated help and encouragement and positive support. Uh, it is a great place to be as a small firm architect. I highly encourage you to go, to go join us. We're over 2,500 members now, all architects. So go check us out, entrearchitect.com slash group. My name is Mark R. LePage. I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. That's what that group is all about. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. 
where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. And so for me, the the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.